So here we are, last Sunday of the year, right? And the new year begins tomorrow. And we're at this time of the year, we're always challenged by resolve, right? We're setting some new goals. We want to be leaner and meaner physically and financially as we get into the new year, don't we? You have great intentions, but we know how the story goes. You do really well next week. You're probably okay the, the following week, but six weeks down the road, let's get to about mid-February. You're so hangry by then, right? You just, man. And somebody invites you over to that Super Bowl party, and there's that big bowl of cheese dip sitting on the counter, and you're sucking it through a straw. You've just, man, you've missed it so much, right? So, I mean, you, you just, you, that snack food sitting around, and you just crash face first in all of it. And then you wake up the next day, and you jump on the scale, and you realize you have gained back all three pounds you lost in January, right? I mean, y- y'all know how this goes, right? That's the physical goals, the financial goals. Well, let's talk about our spiritual goals. And, and I'm going to put a list up on the screen of things that I would encourage you to do in 2024. And this list isn't going to surprise a single person in this room. I think everybody's going to agree with this list. Hey, in 2024, here's some key spiritual disciplines, right? I want to challenge you, read the Bible daily, fast and pray regularly, be faithful in worship, practice generous stewardship, serve the Lord with gladness. I think everybody in here goes, yep, yep, I need I need to do all those things. And you know what? I, I started off 2023 as doing that stuff. And man, you know what? Your Bible reading plan, it almost failed in the cheese dip, just like you did, right? I mean, that's about as far as you made it with all of that. And it's just so frustrating because you know, right? We all know. It, the problem is that none of us lack the good intentions to do this. So I want you to keep those on the screen for a moment. And I want you to read through that. And I want you just, I want you to tell me how this, and well, don't say it out loud, right? But just in your heart, when you read that list and you think, I'm determined to be this person in 2024, I want you just to rehearse in your mind how it feels to you. How's it feel, right? Now, how's it feel when you're told you need to read the Bible every day? You, you need to, to fast and pray regularly. You, you need to be faithful in worship. You, hey, there's a lot of things. I know you're busy. You got a lot of things going on, but you need to be here every Sunday, man. You need to be here, right? You need to be, you practice generous stewardship. You need to get your finances in order. You need to be generous in your giving, obedient to the Lord in your tithes and offerings. You need to serve the Lord with gladness. You need to plug in somewhere and serve God. Now, I want you to, not out loud, but how did that list feel? Did it feel burdensome? Do do you look at that and you go, man, I have like, I've been into... Bible reading before, 
But Leviticus was a bowl of cheese dip. I fail right there. It's hard. It's hard to read the Bible. I mean, it's, I mean come on, right? So, so you're, you're sitting here and you're going, hey, man, I need, I need to read the Bible every single day. I know that. But in your words, you're thinking, man, that's tiresome. That's burdensome. It's difficult. Sometimes it's awkward. Because you're not used to doing these things. Now, once you take all those feelings that you've got a little inventory of, and I want you to compare them to what Jesus says it's like to be his disciple in Matthew 11, right? So let's take these feelings of tiresome, burdensome, awkward, hard, difficult, and I've highlighted some words for you in this passage right here. So check this out. Look, look at what he's saying. Come to me. We would all say that list we just read would probably fall into the category of everybody who labors and heavy laden. And it's like you're laying that on me again. Here comes my preacher. I know he's going to say last Sunday of the year, give me this list of things I got to do. And I'm just going to crash and burn on them. Heavy laden and heavy, uh, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I want you to look at what Jesus says. I'll give you rest. And he doesn't just call it rest. He refers to it as rest for your soul. Boy, I want to tell you, you need to explore this idea of one thing is rest your body. How do you rest your soul? Rest means you cease from doing certain things. You are rejuvenated to do new things. Can you imagine what it would really be like to, to find some rest for your soul? Remember what we talked about? Reading the Bible like that is hard. Look at what Jesus says. My yoke is easy. And he does say there's a burden to it. But that burden is not heavy. That burden is light. And, and listen, that what he means by my burden is light, he's saying I'm not going to add to the burden of your life. If you'll come to me, I'll actually lighten the burden of your life. Now, I think if every single one of us could have that sort of experience where we find rest for our soul, something to lighten the load rather than add to it, we would need no resolve for spiritual discipline. You need no resolve for an experience like that. Because you would get to the point where it would be more of a burden for you when you don't meet with the Lord than it is when you do. So how do we make that crossover? And, and I think what we need to do is look at this passage because as I was kind of looking at it the, the last couple of days studying for, for Sunday, I kind of saw in it, Jesus is revealing to us every reason we failed in these spiritual disciplines before. But in seeing why we failed in these spiritual disciplines and how to do it again, right? He's also revealing to us, man, what he really wants to do, the experience he really wants you to have, and why we would do these things every single day as we get into the new year. So very quickly, let's look at this. How to fail at spiritual disciplines again. Number one, do them religiously. Do them religiously. Religion is rich, ritualistic. It's the way people try to gain the favor of God. 
Religion is very moral. It can be very meaningful. When you start out in religion, it can be new and fresh and feel good because it's cool and different and deep. But religion won't work. And here's a couple of reasons why religion won't work. Number one, you'll do it, but you'll be no different. You'll do it, but you'll be no different. When we approach something like Bible reading religiously, you try to put it in a routine, right? So you get on the app that's the verse of the day, right? And that thing pops up and boom, you know, got your verse. And man, I read my verse. Yeah, I'm on a streak, right? 77 days, I've read a verse, right? You pop in some podcast of a preacher, man, and he's like dropping truth bombs. And I mean, he's just blowing you. You're driving down the road and you're like, man, this is my time with God. When I listen to this podcast, it's like boom, boom, boom. And, and you're just loving it. You're, a, you're agreeing with everything that is there. And you're, you're, you're coming to church, you're listening to sermons. You're like, man, this is, hey, yeah, man, I'm there every Sunday. I'm there every Sunday. Got it. Pastor Brian said, got it, wrote it down. I'm taking notes. Notes, right? I want you to listen to Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. I'm going to put a part of it on the screen back here before you. But it's got a really unique phrase in it about what happens when you make stuff religious, right? So I want you to look at this. Colossians chapter 2. And I want you to, so I want you to look at the, the first part of verse 16 here. It, it says, or verse uh, 22, it says, These have indeed the appearance of wisdom and in promoting self-made religion. In other words, it starts out real cool. It looks good. Man, you're religious. You're deep. You're different, right? So what are these things that he's talking about? Listen to this. So I'm going to back up to verse 16 and show you what these things are. It's, he says, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to festival or new moon or Sabbath. So he's passing judgment on you according to what you religiously do or what you religiously don't. Ooh, you don't eat that. Ooh, you don't eat this. Ooh, you go to that. Ooh, you observe this, man. You must really, he's like, hey, that's, that's in the category of these things. He says, they're a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Listen to this. Let no one disqualify you, assisting on asceticism, worship of angels, going into detail about visions. Man, these people are blowing your mind. They're puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows, a growth that is from God. He says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you're still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? And here it comes. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. I could put in that category, read your Bible every day. Anything you put into that as a religious practice, here it comes, the indictment, right? This is why you do it and it makes no difference. You ready? He says, these indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. The same reason you in February suck moose tracks ice cream through a straw because you just can't take it anymore 
the flesh is the same reason you fail at your Bible reading goals when you make them religious. It, you'll do it, but you'll be no different. Let, let me ask you this. You're listening to that podcast. You're agreeing with every statement. Man, the terms of phrases that those people put on those things are awesome to listen to. What are you doing about what they say? Playing a podcast every day is of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. So number one, the reason religion doesn't work is you'll do it, but you'll be no different. You can read a verse of the day. It'll make no difference. Number two, the reason it doesn't work is because God doesn't respond to it. You're not going to get God to do what you're wanting him to do because you did those things. Lord, I'm reading every day. I'm going to church every week. I'm giving. I'm serving. I'm doing all these kind of things. Listen, this book right here is full of God's disdain for ritual. He hates religion. Can't stand it. So you got to pay attention to that. And what religion is, is us wanting to do certain things with predictable results. If I do this for God, I ought to get this from God. And Jesus alludes to the folly of this. If you back up in the passage we're in, in Matthew chapter 11, he alludes to the folly of this back up there in verse 17. When he refers to, listen to this, he says, we played the flute for you. You did not dance. We sang a dirge. You did not mourn. It's the picture of somebody playing at a wedding feast. Man, we're up here. The band is rocking and nobody's dancing. And it's that awkward moment when the, the guy who's singing can't take it anymore and he goes, do y'all even like this music, right? <laughs> He's like, why are you not responding? And that's what religion does to God. Hey God, I'm playing the flute, dance. I'm reading the Bible, dance. I gave an offering, dance. And Jesus says, that don't work. God don't dance just because you played the flute. Don't you try to manipulate God with your Bible reading, with your faithfulness. Don't you try to manipulate God because you serve, right? If you turn it into all that, it won't work. Pay close attention to this. Jesus says, look at, look at the words down here in verse 11, verse 28. Come to me. Mark those words. Come to me. He wants to meet with you. Let me ask you this. When, when you listened to that podcast... Did you meet with him? Even though you agreed with every statement, did you come to Christ? You read the verse of the day. Did you come to Christ? Come to me. It's an invitation. Listen, and here's what's so important about this. That invitation is an, a revelation. You have to come to Christ to know the Father. 
Look at what he's saying in verse 27. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the one who does the verse of the day. Right? No one knows the Father except the guy who's got the podcast loaded every morning. No one knows the Father except the one who goes to church every single Sunday. Is that what it says? Look at this. He says, no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Man, that right there ought to be something you chew, you chew on. Because listen, if you really want to know God, you can't just read a verse every day. You got to come to Christ. And you will not know the Father unless he chooses to reveal him to you. Wow. That'll put your devotional time in a different place. If you grab onto that truth right there, right? Boy, whoo. Hold on to that for a moment, right? So listen to this. Will a verse of the day give you rest? Did it? You were on an 80-day streak. Did it give you rest for your soul? Gave you a good nugget for the day, but did it give you rest for your soul? Did your podcast reveal the Father? It's good truth. Some good bombs in there, right? But did it reveal the Father to you? Did Jesus tell you to attach yourself to a preacher? He didn't say, man, you get you a great preacher, follow that dude. That guy's going to give you some stuff for life. Listen, y'all, we follow preachers. Dude, Jesus didn't say go to a preacher. Jesus said, come to me. Boy, that puts it in a different place. So if you want to fail at your spiritual disciplines again, do them religiously. Number two, if you want to fail at your spiritual disciplines again, do them rigorously. Rigor refers to one's seriousness about something. It's reflected in the severity to which you will do it. And rev resolutions are usually expressed in words of rigor like, it's time for me to buckle down. It's time to get serious, right? Uh, it's, it's, hey, I've, I've got to get, that's rigor. I've got to get serious about this stuff. And then comes usually a challenging, rigorous goal that follows. I'm going to read the Bible through this year, I'm going to read the Bible through. And man, if you do, that's awesome. That's not a bad thing for you to do. Read the Bible through. But here's, let's be serious about this. Some of us have never so much as read through a pamphlet. <laughs> right? And now all of a sudden, you're going to go for an 1,800-page book that's double column that was written over 2,000 years ago, right? Come on. Leviticus will be your bowl of cheese dip, like I said, right? You'll be like, what? And you'll crash and burn about mid-February. Hey, reading the Bible through in a year is hard. I thought Jesus said, my yoke is, what was the word he used? Easy. Wait a minute. You got to be careful of determinations for rigor. You'll only disappoint yourself. 
And I, and I hear people say things like this, how well someone else knows the Bible. I want to know the Bible like that person knows the Bible. I want to know as many verses as they do. So they try to memorize tons of verses and they work really hard at it and they get stressed out by it because it's not what y'all easy. If you've done that sort of thing before, let me, let's look at what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Those are words of rigor, aren't they? He says, I'll give you rest. So let's evaluate you doing this in the past. And, and let's just go ahead. And, is it going to work this year? It didn't work last year. Is it going to work this year? Here it is. I will give you rest. Did you quit your Bible reading plan because it wore you out and stressed you out? I just couldn't do it anymore. And man, I fell so far behind. I realized I'd have to read like two, two books tonight <laughs> to catch up. And you're like, <sighs> you just quit. So you didn't get any rest out of it. It wore you out. It stressed you out. Now, look at these next words right here. And I want you to mark them. He says, come to me, all you who are labor heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you. And look at this. Learn from me. Learn from me. Notice the invitation of Jesus is not to learn about me. It's not to gain Bible facts. It's, it's not to know all the books of the Bible in order. It's not to just have a bunch of verses in your, rattling around in your head. But he's inviting you into an approach where you learn not about him, but you learn from him. Wow. Hey, listen, if you sat down every day and you learned from Jesus, you'd need no resolve to continue. If the Lord spoke to you today, would you have trouble getting up tomorrow wondering what he's going to say next? No. If you were learning from him, right? So, so let's evaluate it. Did you just learn a lot about the Bible or did you learn from Christ? Did the Lord speak to you during your last rigorous, heavy laden Bible reading goal? Okay. Number three, if you want to fail at spiritual discipline again, do it methodically. So I hope you're getting a clear picture of these things. Listen, I'm not saying that you don't need to read your Bible. I'm not saying you don't need to fast and pray. I'm not saying you don't need to be faithful in words because the Bible commands all those things. L listen very closely to me. You cannot know God apart from the word of God. You will not know God through emotion. You will not know God through opinion. You sure won't know God through your own self-centeredness, right? You, you got you to be in this book if you want to know God. If you want to know who God is, you need to know what God has said and how he has revealed himself. You got to get in the Bible. He commands you to read, study, memorize his word. He commands us to be faithful in worship. Everything on that list is something the Bible's telling us. You need to be doing this. So I'm not saying don't do those things. But what I am saying is you can't just make it a method. Because notice, Jesus is not calling us to a method. I'm a Christian, so I read, pray, worship, give, serve, and he blesses, hell. <laughs> That's not the way it works, right? 
He's not calling you to a method. He's calling you to a meeting. Listen to this. This is so awesome. He says, take my yoke upon you. There's going to be some burden to it, right? There's, there's, he says, I've got a burden. There's, there is a little work to it. There is some rigor to it. There, there are some difficult moments. I'm not saying it all just comes easily. Understand that. You got to be disciplined to do it. You need to protect that time of the Lord. I'm not saying you don't need discipline. Take my yoke upon you. Listen, that yoke puts you in proximity to him. You're submitting yourself. I'm submitting to you, Lord. I need to know every day what you want me to do today. I need to know how you want me to live my life. I'm going to listen to what you say to me today. I'm taking my yoke. I'm going to serve you. I'm your servant. That's the yoke. It's also proximity. I'm coming close. I'm coming close to you, Lord. I'm, a, I'm attaching. Me. Learn from me. And look at what he invites you. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Man, he wants you to pull you to his heart. He wants you to, to know who he is. He's calling you to a meeting with him. And that takes scripture. It's going to require prayer. It's going to require fasting because you can't meet with a spiritual being by physical, methodical methods that we do everything else, right? So the, the reading the Bible, the praying, all that stuff puts you in a very different place. But, but you got to understand it's not just a method. It's the way to get your soul into the meeting. Put your heart... Before the Lord, sit in his presence. Listen, if you're born again, you're not just a physical being. You're a spiritual one with the capacity to communicate and know the Lord. He's put his Holy Spirit inside of you so that you can meet with him. Not just learn about him, but learn from him, right? So do it methodically, and the last thing is this. If you want to kill spiritual disciplines, do them dutifully. I'm just, I do this every day. I don't really know why. So notice what he says. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus isn't calling us to do this so that he may add to the burden of your life. He is calling you to do this so that he may lighten the burden of your life. Are you worn out? Are you beat down? Are you brokenhearted? Are you tired of the same old, same old? You're in a perfect place. Are you humbled by your failures? Boy, you're, you're in a great spot. Because I want you to notice that Jesus says in verse 25 that he, he has hidden these things from the wise and understanding. So if you get really smart in the Bible, if you get really good at scripture memorization, you will become one of those people who knows a lot about the Bible but has no idea what they're talking about when they talk about God. Because they don't know him. They don't know his heart. They've never met with him. They've never been in his presence. But yeah, they can quote all the scriptures. 
but they've never found rest for their soul in meeting with the Lord. If you do it dutifully, just because you're supposed to, ah, you'll, you'll crash and burn. So how do you get to that place? You get to that place through repentance. Notice in verses 20 through 24, Jesus rebukes unrepentant. He said, man, you've heard the truth. You, you've seen the message. You've seen miracles, but you're not repenting. You got to repent to get in the place he wants you to be where you can meet with him. Humility. You don't make religious demands of God. You don't play the flute and think he's going to dance. You humble yourself before the Lord. He, respond, he don't respond to pride. He resists pride. He responds to humility. And he responds amazingly to people who are tired of labor and they're heavy laden with the way the world does it. And when you get to that broken hearted place, and some of you, hey, look, I'm just going to tell you, notice what he says. Not everybody's going to get this. I, I'm going to reveal this, right, the, who the son chooses. Some of you, you're doing really good with life. You think this is really cool. You're not going to get it today, but I want to encourage you to put it on file because there's going to be a day when you crash in the cheese dip and, and you're going to wake up and go, okay. And I had that moment this year. I've had that moment the last two or three years, just burden and heavy laden, and it took being broken to really get to the place where I would meet with God. And I, I'm still working on it, y'all. I'm still working on it. So I want to tell you a little bit about this week and just some of my meetings with the Lord. And I, <laughs> I'm going to start telling this, and Shannon's going to be sitting back there going, oh, Brian, please don't. Please don't. Because it's not about her, it's about me, right? But I, I, So I'm just going to reveal just a little bit of, of some, some things behind the curtains. Last night was powerful. Man, the music, uh, boy, I was jamming. I mean, I loved it. I was rocking, yeah. It was good. I mean, and Jason Crabb, man, the heart he shared for, I mean, you could just tell he got in this church and the Lord showed him kind of what it was about for a moment because he just kind of stopped the set list and it was just, it was a really cool moment, right? Crystal did a great job. I mean, she just, wow, she just knocked it out of the park. The, the comedian, he said some things, like, oh, but man, it was funny. It was good to laugh, you know? It was just, it was good to laugh. And I was like, well, he's right, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, all that was really good. Hanging out with a band yesterday, it was awesome. Those guys were just so cool to just be around and all that kind of stuff. And Jason gave everybody a ton. I, I loved it, just kind of seeing how he interacted with all y'all. It was really, really cool. But there was an element of that, and I'm, gonna, I'm only going to say this, but for the last six weeks has been really frustrating to me. It, it was kind of the behind-the-scenes part of it all. And if, if any of you were here all day yesterday, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You experienced it too. And, and I'll just give you a little indication. If you look behind me and you're like, where did the Christmas trees go? They were up yesterday. And then we were told abruptly, Christmas is over. It looks weird. <laughs> Jason didn't do that. The band is some, somebody. And I'll tell you, in my flesh... I almost took one of those wreaths and put it around that joker. I mean, I was, and it's been building for six weeks. I was, I was battling myself all the way to this concert yesterday. 
And I showed the dude my frustration last night. I did. I let him know what I thought about some things. Courtney, is Courtney here? Courtney saw it. It's bad that you saw your pastor do that. I, it's, it's, that's not what you ought to see your pastor do, right? But I let the dude know. And the thing about it is, I've been meeting with the Lord about this the whole time. I met with him up until this. I met with him yesterday morning. I was like, God, you got to help me, right? And, and all these things. I met with him long into the night last night. I think he called me by my full name a couple of times. Anthony Brian Branham, right? <laughs> I think we had some of those moments. But in that brokenness of those meetings, when I didn't just read a verse or say a prayer, but I was, I was meeting with him, I want to let you know what the difference is. He gives you perspective on some things. And I'm not saying that I, that I passed the test of flying. I failed miserably, y'all. The, the Lord revealed to me, man, I, I failed in my relationship to God. You know what, y'all? God gave us that last night. He did. It, it, was, it was a sign of favor that he dropped on this church, and I should have been joyous walking up to it. And you know what? When I, when I let my frustration get the best of me, it wasn't about me and that guy. That's about me and God. And I wasn't taking joy in what he's doing. And that just kind of, it kind of refined my heart in those things, right? And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I, I, I failed the test, right? But the Lord showed me to that. I failed my family. I've been stressed out the entire Christmas break. I've been the Grinch at the Branham house. It's, it has not been a restful Christmas at all. And, and a lot of it has to do with my attitude. I failed my family. I failed in the leadership of the church. I let that person get to me and I infected a lot of other people. Now, some of y'all saw it yourself and <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to say anything to you, right? Because he got a hold of you too. And I, I'm sorry that, that you got talked to the way some of you did. That, that's pathetic. And, and, and I let him know. Um. But this morning when I met with the Lord, the Lord revealed to me one more way that I failed. I failed in my ministry to that guy. It's not about me. And the Lord brought that dude somehow in a weird way. That whole thing was providential to the Lord. And the Lord brought him right here in this church. And I failed in my ministry to that guy. To love him. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know why he is the way he is, but he's wound as tight as I am, right? And we butted heads. And so I was meeting with the Lord this morning and the Lord gave me a verse. And, and Shannon quoted it this week and the Lord just kind of laid it back on my heart. This is how people are going to know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And I texted him. And I said, listen, man, I want to apologize that I've been in my frustration to you. And the Lord gave me this verse right here, and I didn't love you. And we're in ministry together. And I just want to let you know I'm sorry. I may never hear from you. I have no idea. But you know what? I did what the Lord wanted me to do. Vengeance is not mine. 
It's his. You got to let the Lord deal with people, right? But I wasn't faithful to take joy in what the Lord had given us. I was not faithful in taking joy in a season in my family when I had them all under the same roof for just a little bit. I did not, I did not shepherd this church well yesterday. And I'm sorry if some of y'all saw that. And I failed my ministry to him. But I'll tell you, man, when you're in that broken place and you meet with the Lord, he looks at you and he goes, okay, Anthony, Brian, read him. <laughs> what do we got here? He doesn't just add to the burden of it all. Man, he actually lightens the load. And he says, now that you get it, we can work on some things in your soul, man, that'll put you in a different place. It'll, it'll give you some rest. All that worry, the, the nights of sleeplessness. There was no sense in that, man. I could have rested your soul in just showing you what I could do and sending to you a apparently embittered, uptight man who really needed the ministry of Liberty Baptist Church for a moment. And I miss what the blessings of God were in that. You know what? You don't get that out of the verse of the day. You don't get that kind of interaction when you're just listening to a podcast. You only get those moments when the Lord touches your soul, even in your failures. And he says, oh, I'm put you right here. And I'm going to help you because you came to me. And I want to tell you, if you will learn not to do a religion or be determined with rigor, or to have a method, or to just do it dutifully, man. You'll need no resolve if you will meet with the Savior through Bible reading, prayer and fasting, worship, serving, trusting Him with stewardship. Boy, you'll see the Lord work. But none of that will work religiously, dutifully, rigorously, rigorously, methodically. You got to go to Christ, meet with him. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes for a moment. So, last service of the year, right? I think I got my own things. <laughs> you probably do too. So I'm just going to ask Linda to play and sing. And usually we just kind of give a verse and a chorus. But man, it's our last service of the year. So I'm going to give this some time. Because I think there are probably several of us that are kind of heavy laden, burdened down by several things. And can I just encourage you, man, we got Bob here. Boy, he could probably tell you some things about this. You just go talk to him. He knows the Lord, man. He knows the Lord. This experiencing God thing will really help you with some of this stuff. It's helped me. But I want to encourage you to get on one of these altars or get down here on one of these steps and just ask the Lord to show you, right? This is not a method. Show you how to how to do what he's inviting you to in, a, in, in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, come to me. Let's, let's accept that invitation today and begin to talk to him. So I want to pray for you. We're going to stand together.
Some of you need to be saved. There'll be some people just standing down here. You go talk to them. They'll show you how to be born again. If you're ready to just meet with the Lord in 24, you come. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your patience and kindness to us, even when we're not kind to others. But Lord, show us how to receive this invitation, Jesus, so what you just about to come to you. And I believe you've set everything up in 24 for us to do just that. But Lord, help us now to receive that invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together. If you want to stay where you are, cool. If you want to come up here and pray, cool. Linda, just kind of play and sing, and we'll just.